Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this is the Here's My Thing podcast. A house isn't your home until you've been sick in it, until you've logged on to the family computer to consult WebMD about some lower abdominal pain, and then regretted doing so immediately after. I think similar to a new baseball mitt. You can try to mold it with shaving cream and rubber bands, just as one can try to build an ambiance by hanging up some prints they got from Crate and Barrel. The fact of the matter is that the mitt isn't going to feel right until you've put it into the dirt or caught a few stingers to the palm, and your house isn't going to feel like your home until you've sweated on the couch with a 101-degree fever or puked on the carpet. More than a few times in grade school, I found myself lodged in the living room underneath three blankets and a comforter, cursing my classmate who didn't understand that you cover a cough into the bend of your elbow and not your hand. It was behavior like that, which guaranteed they were still keeping their mouth in the spout of the drinking fountain and neglecting tissues in choice of an old navy sleeve. I'd wonder what the day's agenda would be without me in class. Was this the day Mr. Johnson said, fuck it, and let us have an hour and a half of PE to close out the day? Every single time my mom had to call administration to let them know that I was absent and not kidnapped, I would find myself binge-watching the backyardigans. I think as late as age 12, but I'll admit, once I was 10, we had a respectable Time Warner cable package. There were over 250 other channels, as well as a small library of VHS tapes at my fingertips, but I'd still chew up most of my sick day watching Nick Jr. Eventually, I'd switch to daytime dramas or talk shows, but I felt like I was missing something. Back then, I didn't know that what I needed... It was a dose of white wine and a Xanax. I just figured this was something that would appeal to me once I started to care to match my clothes. I'd only get up every few hours to readjust the couch. It was a sectional, so it moved around if you laid at an angle for a while. That and when my mom would come by and with the outside of her palm and feel my forehead. Then depending on what she felt, and pirouetting over to our medicine cabinet to grab some chewable children's Motrin. Any type of potion that a suburban family could need rested in an 18 by 10 inch bin. My parents would be the ones administering all of the medicine, so I never actually saw the bottom of it, but I pictured it being a sticky swamp of pocket-melted halls tipped over NyQuil and Vicks Vaporub, a sterile septic pool of just-in-case Walgreens buys. Aside from Flintstone gummies or expiration date ignored Ricolas, nothing up in that shelf really appealed to me. If sick, I'd check in before bed, usually in thermal pajamas, rosy cheeks and a slight sniffle, as if I was returning skis after an eight-hour day on the mountain. My mom, all five three of her, could reach up to the bin, but couldn't afford to take her eyes off it, where my dad, standing six-four, could grab it flat-footed, even with a bend in his elbow, all while keeping his eyes on the TV. But still, both would lift up their glasses to read the instructions as to not serve me a lethal dose of cough syrup. It wasn't something that they bulk bought at Costco. The contents of that bin came in gradually. They had built a tiny community of medication, each acquired in specific times for specific reasons, all with their own tail. The box of Alka-Seltzer looked brand new in 2003, but after a year or two or three or four of being pushed aside to make way for aspirin, it started wearing a faded blue coat. The bottle of aspirin looked dated itself, but more from the twisting of a sweaty, fever-induced palm rather than being second choice. My OCD would kick in when they passed me a pill on a small, faded paper seal. Most of the writing smudged, as if left in the back right pocket of Brett Favre's Wranglers for a few years, only recovered earlier that day. 
Is this rotten? I'd say, my seven-year-old eyes as big as they were naive. John, it's fine. It's medicine, they'd assure me. But it looks old. It's not going to make me throw up. When I left for college, they sent me away with a portable medicine pouch, and when that for all intents and purposes, it could have fit in a kerchief wrapped at the end of a stick. as something gathered at Walmart and packed into a shower caddy. And most of the space was occupied by a variety pack of band-aids, which would have seen more use in a woodworker's shop, and they were the kind of band-aids that adhere to the wedges and bends of cow's fingers. It rarely did I break into the pouch. It seemed more common to bump some Advil off a friend in the library, especially for symptoms most certainly hangover-related. I moved into the studio that I'm in right now back in July, and I'd say it's small enough to make it easy for someone to deliver a very condescending, oh, cozy, when seeing it for the first time. It came with a complimentary bed, which takes up 65% of the room, so if I ever let pasta sauce or curry sit in a bowl for too long after eating, which I always do. I'm guaranteed to splash water onto my sheets trying to scrub out a stain that has been all but literally tattooed into the plastic. The space runs a white and gray color scheme. The laminate flooring has a cigarette ash tone to it that only breaks for the pasty walls. It is small, I guess. I didn't realize it until I started hanging out with this girl from Bumble who also lived in a studio, but hers was big enough for that same person who would have decided mine was cozy to stop and take a minute before saying, Oh my gosh. How much are you paying for this? I've taken to decorating the walls with some carefully ripped out sheets of notebook paper. The fridge has gotten the most work done. More notebook paper, but also a wedding invite and a photo of my yaya and me. Still, most of the walls are naked. For a while, it had a hotel feel to it. Have you thought of a tapestry? Some have asked. I have, but a tapestry is to me as a Lil Wayne poster is to Mitt Romney. The longer I've lived here, I've settled in, gradually. I have a plant, and the burners have visible wear. Now, a couple sinus infections and some respiratory bugs later, I've had almost no choice but to settle in. Over the course of which, I've been building a medicine cabinet of my own. Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this has been another installment of the Here's My Thing podcast. Thank you for rocking with me. Until next time.